We just need to get right into it. Thank you, Cortexans, for making Sidekick Notepad our best product launch yet. We have a lot of stuff that we want to talk about today. We've got lots of topics. We're going to do some Ask Cortex. We've got a whole bunch of things. But But, we need to follow up on this a little bit. The last few weeks have been unbelievable, really. It's felt wild to me. The only rival for it was the first video you put up about the journal because we didn't know what that would do at all and it sold us out immediately right because then when you did the second one we were a bit more prepared but this was like we didn't no idea what to truly expect for the sidekick notepad like how people would react if people would be able to get it mm-hmm. and i think i feel very confident in saying that yes we ordered a very large amount we ordered a, an amount that if we sold it in a year, we'd be happy, and we've sold 50% of it already. We sold thousands of Sidekick notepads. Yeah. <laughs> like it, was, it was just unbelievable. Yeah. It really, it's really shocking. The behind the scenes of this is that like this product's life, I have, have been the doubter, and you have been the believer. Mm-hmm. And the launch just really showed that hashtag Mike was right. Honestly, the best thing that has happened is how many people have contacted me to just tell me that they love how good it feels, like the quality of the product. Because mm-hmm. that was what I really hoped that people would take away from it, that yeah. when they use it, they would understand what we were trying to get across and that this is a very high quality product that feels at home on your desk along with anything else that you might choose to put on it. Mm-hmm. I think maybe one of the things I didn't touch on last time about that quality aspect was... We are asking you to have this visible on your desk always. Mm. So it has to be high quality. It has to fit in with anything else that you might choose to put on your desk. And it has to have a home there where you're happy to have it there because it's nice to touch and feel and use. And Mm. the experience is good. Like Mm -hmm. if it's crappy or if it's we're cutting corners rather than the beautiful rounded corners, then it's it doesn't have its place. That's a manufacturing pun. Oh, ho, ho, got a lot of those now. Like, I felt so much pressure. Like, this felt like the difficult second album hmm. kind of thing of, like, we had a great success, and now we're coming out of our second album, and it's in a different style, and are people going to get it? They're going to like it? And I feel very happy to say that, yes, they do. The other thing that I wanted to mention, which I couldn't believe, is how well people reacted to my video, which I did have out before the episode published. You did? I was very proud of you. Mm-hmm. I, I also extremely doubted that it would happen, but I was very proud of you for actually getting out. Yep. Yes, that was great. And people seem to really like it, which also, I just, I don't know, it just felt so good. Like, that we, the, I mean, what is it at now? Is it like over 45,000 views or something? Like, I can't believe that. Yeah, I I just checked the the stats on it, and again, it's like just goes along with how well the launch did. You know, it's been out not a long time, but it's already in the top fifteen percent of all of the videos we've ever released on the channel. Like, it's crazy how well that promo video did. So you should feel very pleased about it because mm-hmm. looking through it, it's clear like, oh, the algorithm is actually recommending it to people like much more than we would have expected for something like this. So it's it's really well made and like it's done like a great job showing people how does this actually look and like how how does this actually like work on your desk. The perils of being left-handed, though, man. I mean, Mike. (laughs) Being left-handed, it comes with many disadvantages. And there is one that we didn't really quite expect, but yes, 
having our chief product designer <laughs> be left-handed, I think is an asset in all ways. But we now know that the answer is it's an asset in all ways except one, which is actually demoing the use of yes. the products he has made. Yes. <laughs> there was a, just like a lot of people, and I understand this, right? Where they're like, mm -hmm. either something seemed wrong mm -hmm. or they thought that the sidekick notepad was somehow made for left-handed people. Yeah. It's not. <laughs> like I, I can confirm to you, it's, there is no, it's actually part of the reason it's designed the way that it is. Like, mm -hmm. with the tearing off from the top. So, like, it is ambidextrous in that way. Like, left-handed, right-handed, doesn't matter. The layout, I don't think it makes any difference. It's really comfortable to use. Mm -hmm. I understand how if you're right-handed, like most people are, you could look at me as a left-handed person and be like, well, that's weird. So, mm -hmm. Gray, I am now trying to <laughs> not learn how to write right-handed, but I've already started doing this. Like, I've been posting more like reels and stuff and like videos photos on our instagram account mm -hmm. at cortex brand and i posted my first one the other day where i am ticking items off with my right hand mm -hmm. yes right so you're faking it <laughs> gotta fake it now yeah. but i do get it though right like if you're right-handed like most people and you see me as a left-handed person using it especially the way that i write is weird the way that i grip a pen is even for left-handed people abnormal it's called hmm. overhooking is the way that I write. It made it just look strange and you just assume like something odd's going on. So I'm going to learn uh, how to underline things and tick things off in my right hand. Fake yeah. it till I make it. Yeah, or, or just write the last three letters of a sentence right-handed. You don't need to you know go all in, but you need to be able to fake like a couple of letters, right? And then, then it looks good on camera. That's like that. harder than you think. Like, ah. I don't know if you've ever tried. Well, let me tell you, I've been trying this. Mm -hmm. uh, it does. It still looks really weird because I can't do it right. So mm -hmm. the other thing is, and something that I will do in the future, right, is have people that are not me. Yes. But like oh, with yes. this video, this was the only way it could be. Like I, there was no time for me to bring in a ringer. No, no, of, of course, of course. This had to be done by you. It wouldn't have happened any other way. But like we discussed last time, you, you learn things as you do these rollouts and as you like add each additional piece. And for me, this was this was kind of fascinating because I had the same reaction when I first watched the video. I was like, oh, something seems just like a little bit weird. And I was trying to analyze all the comments. It's like, oh, Mike being left-handed is just throwing people. Well, you could say like, oh, that's not a big deal. But this is where it's like, oh, you know, it's the year of being serious. It's like if we're being serious about things, it actually is a big deal yep. because lefties are used to seeing things done by righties all the time. Righties are not. And righties are the vast majority of the market. And so it's like, oh, no, this video can't have a moment of hesitation for the default buyer who is right-handed. And yeah, like it, like it kind of took us a little while to figure out what was going on where people were like, oh, I hope he makes a right-handed version. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's just so funny to me. Like, oh, I'll look forward to the right-handed version. It's like, no, no, yeah. it's just a piece of paper. It doesn't yeah. make a difference. It, like it's, it is, it's, not, it's not a symmetrical piece of paper, but it's very close. <laughs> so it's very, it's like, it's just so funny. Like, oh, this nearly symmetrical object i hope they make it flipped like what why yeah. <laughs> that's my highlight of like unexpected learning from launch of sidekick notepad was was that well that's not mine what's yours what's yours i don't know if you knew but our notepad can help you see into the future it is the psychic notepad Woo! 
I don't know what happened here. This I was tipped off by this. So the thing we're talking about, a bunch of people here when me and Grace say it, I think me especially, but it is both of us. While our product is called the Sidekick Notepad, mm-hmm. people here, Psychic Notepad. Yeah. My first inclination to this was I made a video during our soft launch period on Instagram mm-hmm. and the automatic captions that it generates said Psychic Notepad. Oh, right. And so I edited it. And then in the video, I went and re recorded a bunch of lines. Oh, you did some ADR work. I did some ADR work indeed, where I make sure to hit the consonants, right? Mm. Sidekick Notepad. Sidekick Notepad. But when mm. me and you were just talking about it freely on the show, we're dropping that D all over the place. Yeah, easily, easily. And so that it sounds like Sidekick Notepad. Mm-hmm. I even bought psychicnotepad.com in anticipation of this. But now, now I feel like I'm hearing D's where there aren't, right? Because language is, you don't realize how much your brain is filling in the actual details of what a person is saying until, yep. say, you work professionally in audio and you realize how sloppy language actually is. So just to be clear here, you bought psychicnotepad.com yes. just in case. Just okay. in case. <laughs> but this product is called the Sidekick Notepad. One last thing that I want to mention about it that I also really liked is just fun to know, but we have received some emails mm-hmm. about Sidekick Notepad being used in high security environments. Yep. Companies, governments. I have been to conferences where this is the case. If secure things are being discussed, if people there are very serious about security, you have meetings where it's like no computers. And of course, no computers means no phones, no nothing. All you can bring in is paper and a pen. And we we have received confirmation of some very interesting locations where it has been used. And I find this just delightful. And And for me, I really love this because it hits on the other side of what Sidekick Notepad can do is it's not just the in front of your computer thing. It's like, no, no, you're going into a meeting and the quality is there to kind of signal like, I'm serious about this meeting, right? Like, I'm sitting down. I have this thing. It has a nice cover. It's horizontal, little eye catching, but not too flashy, right? Flip over the cover. You're here to take notes like you're getting things done. While we can't say where these high security environments are, just know, Sidekick Notepad, Protecting the freedom of everyone worldwide. Oh, God. It's so so satisfying to know where is your product actually being used. On my side, I'll say some of the more for ones have been tech companies where they have like secrecy, so they're not allowed these devices in the rooms. Mm -hmm. And I've heard people similarly who are using Sidekick Notepad in those environments because they're allowed to. And in some instances, you're not allowed to take the paper out with you. Which mm-hmm. is even better for our products. You just tear the page out, leave it behind. Oh, of course, right? I didn't even think yep. about it. You you put it in the secrecy shredder at the yep. side of the room. Yep. Yes, actually, this is what I've heard about. That's a thing that really exists. And thank you so much to everybody that bought one. You can go to cortexbrand.com and pick one up. This has been an incredible time for both of us here at Cortex Brand, and it's been a wonderful validation of what we're trying to achieve. Yeah. And so thank you to everybody that has bought one, and I genuinely hope that you love it and use it and want more.
So a number of months ago, a number of episodes ago, mm-hmm. you mentioned that you would help get me set up with Obsidian if I wanted it. I did. I made that very generous offer. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you came over to my new house. Unannounced to help you with Obsidian. Yes, yeah, so you just showed up, <laughs> banging on the window, <laughs> shouting Obsidian for the letterbox. <laughs> so I finally let you in and I got the tour that I needed. And mm-hmm. I have now been using Obsidian... For a couple of months, I think. For funny reasons, I have seen you use Obsidian in VR, which is the foreshadowing for a thing later. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> right. yes, yes. So I've seen you use it, yeah. but I, since I helped set you up with it, I haven't heard like a peep about what you think about it. Mm-hmm. So I've been kind of like, what's going on? What does Mike think? And are you going to tell me now? What do you think of Obsidian? It's game changing. Oh, yeah? Fantastic. It's unbelievable. Okay. So what I will say is I've had to change some of my processes a little bit. Mm-hmm. What I'm using Obsidian for is what I was using Craft for previously, which is a place to keep all of my notes and files and stuff for Cortex brand. Mm-hmm. And I'd mentioned previously that mixed media was something that, that I enjoyed. Now, realistically, Obsidian is is very text focused. I think if I had a criticism, I wish that they handled images better. Mm-hmm. Like I don't think the way the images are handled is that great. They kind of show up as individual files and then you can add them to notes. And I wish there was a way to just hide those individual files from the file structure of like this image, this image, this image. But nevertheless, I do use this system mostly for text. And mm-hmm. so it's a lot of note taking a lot of writing of like descriptions and marketing copy it's for like our meeting notes that we have all that kind of stuff so i'm doing a lot of that and the way in which they make it so simple to have like multiple notes open side by side and you can do those splits that's all great but the reason i'm 100 percent sold on this is the canvas feature mm-hmm. so for me in getting the sidekick notepad ready for launch I set up a canvas where I have logistics information, I have feedback information, and then I have like five marketing notes that are all individual notes that are all in one little area of the canvas. And I'm able to actively edit them all while in the canvas without ever leaving that view. So what I was doing was, all right, I want to make a product description. Well, I can take this line from here and this line from here and put them together and make edits. And like it was so good. Like the canvas feature is so good. And again, as a refresher, you create this like board where you can have a bunch of notes all visible at once along with media and you can link them together in like kind of like a mind mappy style. Honestly, it's hard to explain because I've never seen anything like this before for this kind of note taking Mm -hmm. and for me it's like as a way for me to do this kind of work it makes so much more sense than jumping from note to note to note or even in some cases having a split screen of notes just having them all living in this one place and they're all active amazing throughout the process of getting sidekick notepad ready this was just game changing for me in how in control i felt of things Like something that I would find happening a lot is I would make some notes and then forget that I made them and Mm. then make another note, right? Like, And this way I could have all of my notes that were related to Sidekick Notepad marketing all visible at once, like that, which is what I was doing. And it just meant that I wasn't duplicating work so much. Uh, Okay, so you you were using it 
just like a like a huge whiteboard in an office mm-hmm. that everything you were going to write down you're just you're putting it on here and it's yeah. either going to go into one of the existing notes or you're putting it as a new note on top of there like to try and maybe make it a, like completely clear what i was doing like i was keeping this long note for like nearly 2 years of what is the story of this product right mm-hmm. so how do you explain it to somebody every time i had like some idea about where it could be used i would write them all down in there so i had this really long list of bullet points mm-hmm. so then when it came to writing the script for the video writing the product descriptions writing some short descriptions for social media all i was doing was i had this one thing open mm-hmm. and i could duplicate or copy and paste from that one area so like it was that was like a bank of stuff mm-hmm. and i was able to pull from that but then also having say the marketing lines one open and the marketing story open made it really easy for me to then craft the product description because I had some short lines and I had some longer lines or just some general ideas. And it just made it really easy for me to pull all of that stuff together because I could visually see it all. Hmm. Where previously, like when I was in craft, because when I, I moved from craft to Obsidian and it was really easy to do that. I could export all my notes into files and then just bring them all in. Oh, wow. I'm surprised to hear it was easy. It was fantastic how easy it was. <laughs> that's, that's shocking. I know. Craft has a great export feature. And then it basically exported it in a way that Obsidian could just read really easily. I just had to drag and drop the files into the, because I'm using Mm. iCloud Drive, where everything's being stored. And so I was able to just drag and drop the folder in from Craft. And then, but then I went through. Whenever Mm. I do a big thing like this, like I'm just going to manually look through it all and see if there's anything I do and don't need. And I was seeing for like the theme system journal, right? I had all of these notes. It was like, these are all just duplicates of each other because I'd forgotten that I'd started something like this already. I'd have like, oh, here's some product descriptions for the journal. And then I did it again. Like I had multiple things because I was just like, oh, here's an idea. I need to do that. Where now with the Sidekick Notepad canvas that I have in Obsidian, all of these notes are just visible to me. I can see the work that I've already done. It just makes it really easy. It's interesting to hear you say that because you sort of come at an idea in a different way. And so this concept of, oh, Obsidian is a tool that allows you to not accidentally duplicate work. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting to hear that you're using the canvas as that. Like that totally makes sense of, ah, I have a canvas for this topic. Everything related to this topic just goes on this thing and I can see it. Yep. And that dramatically reduces duplicate work. Like another one that I have that I love is I have separate notes that track the pricing of our products. Mm-hmm. So over time, each shipment, what it cost in production, in shipping, in sales, and then all that kind of stuff. I have a canvas that brings together all of those notes mm-hmm. so I can compare them against each other when I'm looking at like, what the price is going to be, like what do I expect shipping is going to be? And I have it all in one place mm. rather than going back between one or the other. But also, I don't want one note where all these things exist. I want them to be separate. Like mm-hmm. I have one for each product. And th- but this is a way for me to bring in notes that live in different folders in my file structure into just one view without needing to create one master note for them all, which I don't want to do. What I was just thinking uh, there is, like, I don't use the Canvas feature in the way that you do, mm-hmm. but I'm, st- I'm still, it's the same concept of, oh, if I'm going to type absolutely anything, the, the first thing I'm doing is I am 
uh, doing a little command where you can like f- uh, search through all of your notes. And I just start typing whatever the topic is. as like, oh, it, it instantly finds like, is there an existing note on this thing? Boom, you just go to it and start typing. And, and that is my like, as long as I know everything that I work with that has to do with words exists in this system, that's the same way to like not accidentally do the thing where you've written, you know, like over the space of a year, you've written the same note four times mm-hmm. because you're, you're having that like, I think it's such an important mental framework shift when using a computer. This concept of like search first in terms of like using an actual built in search tool like Spotlight or you're searching within this app and then go to make the thing. Yeah. Don't try to find it. But it's it's very hard to get into that mindset. I'm and, struggling yeah. with that. But like, but that's why I think what you've done with the canvas is really interesting. It's it's solving the same problem mm-hmm. because you just know, oh, okay, I might not be doing search first just as a default, but at the very least, this canvas, I should be able to physically see all of these notes. And the thing that's really nice and and you know for listeners that's different about just like a folder with a bunch of notes is that you see the contents of the notes at the same time. To me, this is the big advantage with Obsidian is the like the raw information density that you can have on the screen. Yep. How much can you see at once that you can also easily navigate between and work with and like cut copy paste across a bunch of different things. So I think that's interesting. Like your canvas use is a kind of pseudo search first mindset but it works like it sounds like it's totally working yeah like i'm trying to do that thing that you really recommended of like search for notes first what i'm realizing is i'm not good at that like Mm -hmm. i know what i'm looking for but i sometimes fail to remember what i called the note (laughs) so like i'm struggling with this like naming structure thing in my brain okay so let me let me tell you the pro tip here don't try to have a naming structure, right? What Like what I do is if you search for something and you can't find it and you're like, oh God, what did I call that thing? And then eventually you're able to bring it up, right? Because you can remember a sentence inside of it. Like you can find it in various ways. Just add whatever the word was that you first searched for to the title. Yeah. Just do it immediately. And so I have some wacky file names where it's like, oh, this is the actual name of the thing. But my brain just always searches for this word. So I just put that word on the title as well. Mm-hmm. You should really think of the titles as this is just a sequence of tags. And some of those tags happen to be unique in the system. But it's like it's fast enough at searching that, that like I, I just find whenever you have that, I didn't find it instantly. Make a note of the word that you just searched for, find it and add that word to the title of the actual document. And that that wildly improves things because you're not fighting against yourself. So I would say like in this system that that I had in craft and now what I'm having in obsidian, I would say like about 75% of the time, all I need is to be able to enter text and edit text Mm -hmm. outside of that. I was using tables and I was using like imagery, like either like to save images or to make some sketches and have them in a note. Okay. Wait, before you, before you go any further, because I want to, I want to flag up something here. So you have the file browser open when you're using Obsidian, and you're saying that you you don't like what? That the images clutter up the file browser? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So I still have a folder view on the side, right? So every file, mm-hmm. every note that I have just gets saved into a folder, right? Because that's just the way that my brain works. And so, for example, I have a folder called Psychic Notepad, and it has a bunch of notes in it. But at the top of the view... There's like file name dot assets, 
And then there's a bunch of images that are insta- saved inside of that. I have a note called concept, right? Which is when mm-hmm. I was originally coming up with the concept and I had a bunch of drawings and photos and stuff. So that's a note that I have. It's called concept. Mm-hmm. But also in the Sidekick Notepad folder, there is like a subfolder called concept.assets, mm-hmm. which has saved individually all of the images that are inside of the note. Okay, so I think there's a solution to what you're doing, it, which is there is an option. I will send you a, a screenshot, mm-hmm. which tells Obsidian when I add an attachment or when I add an image or a PDF or anything, mm-hmm. don't put it where I'm working. Either put it in a subfolder where I'm working. So I have everything just be like, hey, if I add an, an image, it goes into a subfolder just called attachments in this little folder. Or you can set a global attachment folder for like just every just dump everything in there and don't worry about it. Hmm. But there is an answer to this. Like you shouldn't be looking at the file names for image files once you've added them to a document. Those should basically become invisible to you. Well, that would help. I think I might have found the setting, which is called default location for new attachments. Yes, that's correct. That's the one. And it's set for me as same folder as current file. So that is what you do not want, right? So you want to, like, I think... In the folder specified below. Yeah, so you can either have one global one, or uh, I have it set as, like, in a subfolder under the current folder, and I just give that the name attachments. Yeah, I need to do that. But then, can I move the existing ones, or is it going to break everything? As long as you do it... In the file browser, in Obsidian, it'll update the links everywhere. It's no problem. I've, I've done Ooh. this with a ton of stuff. Okay. So it is no issue at all. Well, that's going to fix one problem completely then, the images problem. Because I just didn't mm-hmm. like that it was cluttering everything. And I yeah. like that. I just need them all to be saved in one little folder, and then Obsidian can do whatever it wants with them, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't particularly bother me then. I mean, here's my feeling about this, Mike, is when you get good enough at Obsidian, you won't even have to do any of this anymore yeah, because the file the file browser is is just a crutch, right? For oh, I want to know where I, things are going. I love folders, though. I I love putting. I love organization of things. Here, here, no, don't get me wrong. I've got like tons and tons and tons of folders in my system, mm-hmm. but while you're working, having the file navigator open, yeah, it's a crutch. Oh, and, right. That right, that's okay. what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah so I, see. I have it like ooh nicely organized all of my attachments in a little subfolder, but I don't even really need to do that in any way. Yeah. Okay. Because like I'm never really looking at the navigation. That makes sense. The other thing that I use the system a lot for was tables. Uh see now this there is no solution. For. I'm just using numbers now. <laughs> like there is there are plugins. And so one of the really cool things about Obsidian that I've yet to super dive into is the plugins. And I've installed a bunch of plugins. The community is awesome. For me, the themes, like I love the themes. I'm using, I think, the minimal theme, which I customize with some fonts of my own, which mm-hmm. I'm really happy about. That took a little bit of time to work out, but I got it in the end. Yeah, I'm using the minimal theme in the dark mode, and I love how clean it is. Like, yeah, One of the things that always scared me about Obsidian is I just didn't like the way it looked. But some of the themes are just really simple, really beautiful, which is what I want, and I just use a couple of typefaces. I use some of Apple's typefaces. So I'm using mm. San Francisco Rounded, and they also have a serif typeface called New York, and I 
adore that typeface. So I use that as like, that's what all the file structure is in. It's is in New York. And then all of the actual fonts are in San Francisco around it. I just like those two fonts a lot. So I just thought I'll go for it and use those. And you can, I even found the like really complicated way to get it to work on iOS as well, but I did it. <laughs> it's like, oh, to, wow. Yeah. It's like a whole thing you need. Like, I I think I'll, I'll try and find the, the, the instructions that I used and I'll, I'll put them in the show notes, but it's like you need like a, an app that can install it and install the profile and it's like a whole thing, but you can make it work. Mm-hmm. So I've just moved to numbers and honestly, I'm happier because numbers is better than craft was like calculations and how easy it is to do that stuff. And mm-hmm. now I'll be able to get something from these, which I always kind of wanted was just to build charts out of these numbers. But I always kind of just told myself like, ah, you don't need it because yeah. it was impossible for me to do in craft. But now I have all of like, it's just recordings for sales figures and stuff. Mm-hmm. And so now I'll actually be able to build some charts out of these numbers. So ultimately, I'll be happier with doing it this way. Yeah, my rule of thumb is like, you can do tables in Obsidian, but they're not great. Mm-hmm. And you can do calculations in tables in Obsidian, and that's extra not great. Like It's not the tool for this. Yep. My advice to anyone is if you want to do or think you may ever want to do Anything more complicated than adding up a single column or row of numbers, do not do this in Obsidian. I will actually go a step further because I didn't finish. I realized now I didn't finish Mm. the thought that I had, which was you can install these plugins, which will give you like markdown table support. Yeah. um, And that's how you're doing it. Markdown tables look nice when you're not editing them. When you're editing them, it's a nightmare. Yeah. And it's possible to do calculations but like not for mere mortals. It's so complicated. Like I would say if you want to have a table do any automatic calculation for you, don't try and do this in Obsidian. Mike's advice is actually probably better. Yeah, I, I I would agree with that. Even if you, or perhaps especially if you're thinking, oh, I'm, I have the technical skills to be able to pull this off. It's like, no, 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 don't. You, you, it's not worth it. You will be much more rewarded with something like numbers. And, and what you just said Excel, there, like, like whatever. You know? Yeah, whatever. We don't need to have, we don't need to have spreadsheet wars, you know, <laughs> if, even though numbers is obviously way more beautiful. Oh, easy. It's like, you know, numbers is the bell of the ball. Yeah, no one's arguing that, right? Like it's very, like Excel is more powerful powerful numbers is prettier like that's it there is no argument to be had there i mean i mean i will argue, actually argue if excel really is more powerful i'm doing some pretty crazy things with numbers but okay. <laughs> but yeah like i use just for the regular formatting i use the advanced table thing in obsidian but yeah you're also like you said if you're working with actual numbers at all you want to give yourself the option of hey, let me just look at this in a chart and see if it makes more sense. And you want to make that real easy to be able to do. So so yeah, this this is totally a like, Obsidian is a great tool, but you always want to use the right tool for the right job. And beyond displaying just text in a table, Obsidian is not the tool for that. Like an actual spreadsheet is what you should be doing spreadsheets in. Yeah, this is one of those things where similarly to how I did with Craft, I will impress on the developers of Obsidian to make a good way to handle basic tables. I think this is an important thing to have. I would love to see them try and do something better than markdown tables. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough call. If they if they were going to do something, it would have to be like Canvas. It would have to be some layer on top of what's actually happening. I think asking to do it in the notes is asking to figure out something that's better than markdown tables. To the file it can look like a markdown table. But to the user, there can be a user interface. 
Oh, I see what you're saying, right? I think they should build a user interface for markdown tables, which is seamless within the note, but ultimately it's just writing a markdown table. Okay, right. Yeah, I see what you're saying. All right, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that makes sense. I I thought you were like, they need to reinvent markdown tables, but better. And I think, oh, within the confines of text, that feels like just an impossible task. Yeah, but you can do like just all the basics. It doesn't have to do anything wild. But like Mm -hmm. just the ability to have a table and just having some basic calculation on that table of like Mm. subtracting and minusing, they could build a UI for that and it Mm. could still just look like a markdown table on the back. Yeah. But anyway, I love Obsidian. Like I get it now. Like the thing about Obsidian is I think you need to have a reason first because the app is so daunting coming to it. And I think it is their need and I think that is, uh, I think what they are doing is changing that. I think they want to change that to make the app a little easier to onboard I think mm. it's pretty important for them going forward, I would expect, right? So anyone can use it for anything because I think it is really sim- like it is inherently simple, but it looks so scary, right? Yeah. Like especially when you if you do any googling about obsidian, it's too much. Like if you go to YouTube and you just type in obsidian, you're met with too much, right? Like, <laughs> here's how I learn to look after a baby using Obsidian, right? It's just like, no, this is, t- I just want someone yeah. to tell me this is a notes app. Uh, yeah, I, I completely agree. There's a kind of wacky content world around yeah. Obsidian, which is not helpful for a new user. My personal favorite trope of all of these is, hey, let me show you my mind map thing with a thousand. I was like, Nobody needs this. This is this tool is helpful to no one. It just looks cool. It's like Notion has the same problem, but Notion has more like external marketing than Obsidian yes, does. So yes. they, they tell their story a little bit just like clearly on its own. And then you can go and dig in. And like, look, it, it just Obsidian is, is coming from a different area, right? Like Notion took VC funding, right? Like Obsidian's coming at this from a different area. But I think that they can get to it because the app to me now is very approachable. Like there's just some, like when you set it up for me, that setup process was too complicated, I think. Mm -hmm. Like that was pretty daunting to me because it felt like I, they were asking me to make some decisions and I didn't know why I needed to make them. Like, where would you like to store your vault? It's like, um, (laughs) I don't know, man. You tell me, you know? That, that's the kind of thing that is very easy to kind of overlook when you're making an app it, is like, oh, you realize, you know, this this is like, again, I think about this a lot whenever I'm writing a script is you think about what's the first time you've introduced a word and you you have to have, have prepared the person to like, to be able to understand the new word if mm-hmm. it's a technical word. And this kind of mistake is just so easy to make where it's like, oh, where, where do you want to put your vault? It's like, Oh, I'm sorry. This is the first time I've heard the word vault. Uh, yeah. What are you talking about? Yeah. Like, what is that? I, I need to know what it is to be able to make this decision. And, you know, it's like just little language smoothings. Like, you know, where do you want to keep all your obsidian files? Like, that's what they want to know. But there's a technical term that's vault. And even for me as a very experienced obsidian user, you saw that because I hadn't set it up in a while. I think we took three goes at it. Like, yeah, I, th- I don't think it. Was, I think it was multiple attempts at setting it up. Yeah, e- even for me, there there was stumbling blocks because it's like, oh, I want to set this up for Mike in a particular way, and it's like, oh, but I can't quite do this 
immediately. And because of those stumblings, I still felt bad. I left you and I didn't do the the main thing that I wanted to do, which I recommend for anybody who is going to try Obsidian is the first thing you need to do is install that minimum theme. Like the minimal theme just calms the whole thing down and gives you options for, oh, I want to tweak it on how it's going to look a little bit. And how it looks a little bit is the very first thing anyone coming to a text processor is like going to want to do, right? Like for user onboarding, what do people want? They want colors and they want their fonts and they want them right away. And like, that's what this like helps do. And I felt bad because I, I, because we'd gotten kind of like, oh man, that we we ran out of time and I was trying to set you up with it. I forgot. It's like, oh, I have to, I have to flip Mike over to the easy one. And it's like, oh no, I left him on just the standard theme, which is like, it's fine, but it can be easier and it can just look calmer and less intimidating. The designer of the minimal theme, Stefan Ango, Mm -hmm. who is now the CEO of Obsidian. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. That makes sense. So, Stefan had been doing things for years in tech and design and product design and stuff. Right. And he was working with them and now is the CEO of the company. It's like, this is what I mean about, I think that they're starting to change a little bit in the sense of like, okay, we've built this incredible thing. How do we now make it usable and workable for everyone? Yeah. And so I think this is in the case of like, okay, we're bringing in a CEO and turns out it's the guy who made the app look best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, Stefan, set your theme as default, right? Let's yes. just, like, do that. just do that right now. I feel like they're probably <laughs> going to move in that direction, right? Like, yes, that, that does seem quite likely if, if that's the way the org He's obviously going to be like, all right, gang, we need to, <laughs> we need to tidy this one up, gang. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I think that the, like, one of the reasons I was pushing this on you and, and why I've kind of raved about Obsidian since I found it is it's just for the right kind of person, this is exactly the tool that they need that will really change things for them but it is hard to get into but also it has the feature of like some of the things that do make it tricky to get into like yes you can round off the corners but ultimately the the way it's made is also why it's the perfect tool for so many things so it's like it exists in this in this tricky world and it always just makes me think of this this linux program emacs where it's the same thing of like man this tool it's a text-based tool it can do anything and it's like and it's just like the right answer to a lot of problems if you are a certain kind of person working with text. This is why I was really pushing it. Like when I when I heard you talking on Upgrade Plus and you were complaining about like trying to do this kind of thing in it wasn't craft, it was Apple's thing, right? Well what's it called? It's called Freeform? Freeform, yeah. Yeah, Freeform. I was like Listening to you in that conversation, I was like, I know that you want Obsidian. Like, I know this is the answer to your problems, Mike. Like, let me let, let me come over and knock on your windows and set this up for you and try to walk you through it. So I'm, I'm just really happy that it's worked out for you. And I think also now you can understand over the years some of what my complaints have been about with writing apps and why Obsidian is like such an answer to that. And it's this ability to be like, I've got these three documents on my screen. Like, it's like the script is in the center and I have two auxiliary files on either side. And the ability to jump in and out of all of those and just like move stuff around. It's so good. It's just killer. I've been trying to think about a way to explain the difference between Obsidian and something like Notion or Craft. And I feel like the closest analogy I can come to, and I'm still not there with it, is like Craft 
Notion, they're like Swiss Army knives. They've got a ton of tools and all of them are good enough and they will get you through a thing. Mm. But Obsidian is like a really good pocket knife. Hmm. It really should be used for just one thing, but you can use it for some other stuff if you want to. You can tie it in a screw with it. You'll find a way. You shouldn't, Hmm. but you can. But for the things that it's supposed to be, like text, it's the best. So I'm not settled on that, but it's kind of a way I've been thinking about it is don't try and make it do too much, but but it can do that one thing so good. Yeah. And I even will say, I learned something from you with Obsidian, just in the fact of its text. And I also put the asterisk of, for certain image problems, it's also really good now because of Canvas. Mm. And I would have just completely ignored the Canvas feature if that hadn't been the thing that you were attracted to. So I played around with it a little bit, be like, oh, this is what Mike wants to use. Like, I should just know this a bit before I go over there and try to set him up with Obsidian. And, And like... Trying to learn it with him would be would like it would be a bad so and unconvincing look. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> Let me just start doing stuff. You tell me. <laughs> yeah. So I like I because of you I tried it and like oh okay I see how this works. It was the same thing of oh I've used a lot of tools like this. This is just much better. But ultimately, like, oh, my brain doesn't really work like this. I deal with lists of texts. I don't deal with visual information, like, rearranged. But of course, once you have something like that in the back of your mind, it's just waiting for the moment that it's useful. And, like, joke was on me. It turned out that the video that I'm currently working on, the best of all possible tools to use for it was Canvas. It's like, I've got 50, 60 images, Mm. and the whole video is, like, arranging these in a certain way and i was originally like oh god this is this is such a pain to write and i realized oh no i can just open a canvas that's half of my screen so that as i'm going through the script i can keep rearranging the images for how they're going to be displayed in the video i was like oh my god this is great like this makes this so much easier and helps visualize what is it going to look like as i'm talking through these things like what's the order going to happen so I don't think I ever would have done that if you hadn't mentioned that you were interested in Canvas. So I also have to thank you for letting me help you get it started. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by Issue. If you post content on your website, share to Instagram and send it to your clients, but then find posting your content to your channels includes reformatting, resizing, re-downloading, re-uploading, you need Issue. Because then you can create once and share everywhere. Issue is the all-in-one platform to create and distribute beautiful digital content, from marketing materials and magazines to catalogs and portfolios, and so much more. There's no need for endless scrolling through PDFs. Issue features your digital content in an easy-to-view way on every kind of device. You truly just make it once and distribute it everywhere without tons of reformatting needed. Your content is automatically optimized for engagement and ready to share, which saves you so much time. Issue also works seamlessly with the tools you're already using and loving, like Canva, Dropbox, MailChimp, and InDesign. I recently uploaded a presentation of marketing materials that we're working on, and I really loved how easy it was for me to be able to preview how my content would look when someone received it. And at the end, I was given this really easy, shareable version of the presentation. People could see it without needing to download anything, which is easy to put in Slack, easy to attach to emails. It's all on the web, viewable on any kind of device. And then I was able to get statistics to see if people had been opening it, which was super helpful. 
Content on issue can be published as public or private. Private only allows users with that shared link to see it. Public content is available for your audience and available for others to discover on the issue platform. The platform provides statistics on how your content is being consumed so you can learn more about your audience with data and impressions, clicks, duration spent reading, pages viewed, and more. Issue helps creators, marketers, designers, really anyone who wants to make content that stands out. Get started with Issue today for free or sign up for an annual premium account and get 50% off when you go to issue.com slash podcast and use the promo code Cortex. That's I-S-S-U-U dot com slash podcast and the promo code Cortex at checkout for your free starter account or 50% off an annual premium account. One more time, that is issue.com slash podcast and the promo code Cortex. Our thanks to Issue for the support of this show and Relay FM. We're approaching the end of the first quarter of the year. You, you know what's coming up, Mike? What? It's the spring equinox. Okay. It's a season change. Okay. It's not the first quarter of the year. Spring is on the way, Mike. Okay, you, you live by the tides, <laughs> and I live by the Gregorian calendar, right? That's the differences between the two of us. But mm. anyway, how is the spring equinox period treating you with your yearly theme? All joking aside, I do seriously think that the seasons are important because you can see them coming. The days get longer, and it is a good time to reassess. I mean, every day I look at a calendar, like, I don't really know. I don't understand. <laughs> That is like more definite. No, I, yes. I just I disagree. I mean, maybe it's just because your relationship with a calendar is very different. My relationship with a calendar is the teeny tiny fantastical icon in my menu bar that just says nine, ten, or eleven, yeah. and I very rarely look at the actual full calendar. So hmm. I can and frequently do forget what month of the year it is. Like I know where you know I know where we are within the month. But it's easy to forget, like, wait, is it February? Just or take was a it look January? out the window, you know what I mean? Look at your sundial, and then you'll work it out. But, but that's just it. Over the course of three months, you can <laughs> see the seasons changing. And that's, sure. Mike, how you know time is passing. <laughs> okay. Whatever, whatever you say, man. So I do think it's an interesting time to, like, just assess, right? Where sure. are we with yeah. themes? Like, I, I do always feel like, because we could check in on themes every month if we wanted to, but we don't. And It's too much. It, every month is too much. But I do feel like earlier in the year is a good check-in point rather than later in the year. Because we're still in the period of time where it's embedding. And I think mm-hmm. it's helpful to take this time period to make sure that we're on the right track. Because you've still got so much left ahead of you that if you've gotten off course by March, you want to fix that sooner rather than later. Yeah, that's that's a good point to make that on a graph of the year, I feel like you should be very cognizant of the theme at the beginning and it sort of trails off and then you're more cognizant towards the end of like... How much are you paying attention? Because like you said, you're trying to establish something. I love graph of the year. Again, calendars. <laughs> no, 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 Mike. <laughs> if there was a way to lay out the seasons with some kind of number system, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> like, you know, it's really funny. I didn't realize, you, you, can't, you, know, you can't see me now, but I 
drew with my hand the graph, which is when you lay out when does the sun rise and set over the course of a year, right? You can do those little solar graphs of how much daylight is there. Yeah. That's what I drew with my hands. And I was like, oh, I think how, how beautiful this inverse symmetry is that the graph of theme cognizance is exactly inverse to the graph of the sunlight, right? Over the course of the year. You work inside a lot of the time inside of a just pitch black box. That is true. But yeah, the sun so important. It's not pitch black. I set my hue lights so that it's mimicking uh, Arctic aurora at very low light. So it's, you know, it's blue and green in here. It's so what you're saying is you're creating your own seasonal environment now, which is uh, divorced from the actual season. Yes, that's true. My actual work day is like the midnight sun in Antarctica. Yes, that's what, right. that's what, that's what my actual experience is. Great. Just happy we're on the same page. <laughs> I feel like you're you're needlessly throwing me off track here, Mike. <laughs> with 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 your calendars <laughs> and your numbers. Calendar <laughs> so how is the year of work treating you? I was tr- I was trying to think about past years and past themes and I was I was looking at stuff and I don't think I have felt as good about a theme at this point in the year as I do now. I'm just extremely happy about how things are going. And for me, the biggest thing that has like kicked in just just really in like the last three weeks, I can suddenly feel it is, hey, your theme is year of work. You got to work on your work and you got to work on your health. And when you work on your health, it doesn't happen immediately. It takes a little while. And I'm just feeling great. It's like I've lost weight I put on muscle mass, I've been doing aerobic exercises, and it's like suddenly it's really all starting to pay off. And it just feels really nice. It's also making it so clear to me how unwell I was last year and had this like weird inability to recognize it. It's like, ah, right. I've just like, I'm physically coming out of that. And it's fantastic. It's like, oh, yesterday I was really trying to like, push writing a script and trying to get it done and without even thinking about it I noticed like oh I I time tracked that I did three hours walking on a treadmill talking out loud and typing the entire time and it's like I physically would not have been able to do that at any point last year fantastic the health is now also helping the like the work part of this like this Mm -hmm. is exactly how I hoped it would go and it's going that way and suddenly I can really feel it I've made a little tweak to my schedule, which I kind of can't believe that I'm, I'm now this person. But so in the past, when I think about like, oh, how things have gone with exercise, it's like, oh, we've talked about how neither of us like exercise and I still don't like exercise. Nope. Like, but you got to do it. And an extremely effective thing, which really turned the corner for me on this was the first five minutes of exercise. Like you get up, you're just going to do five minutes I open FitBod, sponsor of the show sometimes. Basically every episode. Yeah, basically <laughs> but, every episode. But, you know, we love them. So. Yes, we do love them. I don't give App of the Year awards, but I did give App of the Year to FitBod one year. And I like I still maintain it is one of the most life-changing apps that I've used, sponsorships aside. Like, that's, you know, that's why they sponsor us. Like, we love it. You should yep. totally sign up for it. But I loved it because, like, it just told me, look, here's your most under-exercised muscle group. Here's one exercise you could do with it right now. And I'm a big fan of this, like, what's the minimum amount you can do to achieve something? And 
I did that for a long enough time of like just do the one thing, five minutes, the most effective thing. This is the minimum viable amount of exercise. It eventually got under my skin, and I developed a work routine. Which was okay. I'll do five minutes of exercise. I'll do a bunch of writing, and then later in the day, I will do my real exercise, which should be like twenty-five minutes. So I'm getting thirty minutes in the day. You know, well, of course, many days you find reasons to like not do the full exercise later. It's like, oh, I took so long getting started with writing, or like, oh, now we have to do this other thing. But this year, the routine of exercise was established well enough. I thought, you know what? I'm going to try to be one of these people who like gets up and does their 30 minutes of exercise first thing in the morning. I don't think I could have done this years ago, but it's enough of a routine now that now I've been doing this all year, and I can see why tons of people recommend this as a schedule. As like, this is what you should do before you do any work. Just do 30 minutes of exercise, and I'm. More shocked than than anyone else that I am now one of those people, but that's what I've been doing all year, and it's been working great. And I think if I'm going to try to make the pitch to people who don't want to do this, depending on the kind of work you do, one unexpected benefit that I didn't quite realize is the 30 minutes of exercise in the morning can serve two functions. It serves the wake up. Function right, so like you can't just leap out of bed and get straight to work. You need some transition time to wake up. And I force myself that I'm not allowed to listen to audiobooks or podcasts or anything while I'm doing that. So it's got to be if I'm listening to something, it's like music without lyrics. That's the only thing. Creating the worst possible environment. Like no, Mike, wake I'm, up I'm... immediately, go to work. Don't listen to podcast. I'm saying like for me, right? Like wake up immediately, go to exercise. Don't listen to any podcasts. It's like oh. <laughs> there's 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 actually there's one step that happens before that, of course, which is wake up, make coffee is yes. actually the first thing that I do uh -huh. before brushing teeth, right? Because it's like oh, you can brush your teeth while the coffee's brewing. Bring coffee to exercise area. Start exercising. Okay. It gives the coffee time to actually kick in to like start waking you up because it takes kind of like 20 minutes for coffee to actually be effective. And then by not listening to anything with words, it's been a way to kind of trick my brain into being just a little bit bored. And it's like, oh well, you know, you know what we need to do, brain. We need to think about that script. Ooh, how could we say that thing better? Or like, ooh, do you have some kind of solution to the problem from yesterday that we were trying to write about? So I've I've just discovered, like, boy, this is a fantastic on ramp into going into work after the exercise, and so. It's a small change in my routine, but it's been really good, and I'm just so happy about it. And yeah, the like work on your health thing. I think I was kind of a little scared of like, oh, have I just permanently damaged my health from last year? And so that's also why like I'm so high on this. Is like, oh no, like I was just able to turn this around, and it's so good. But there's another part of this which more Texans will know about because I. Mentioned it offhandedly in one of those post-show discussions. Now you know, Mike. I've long had a problem. I want to work outside of my apartment. Mm -hmm. I have an office at home, but after three years of COVID, I need some place to go that's not where I live all the time, twenty-four hours a day. As the sort of person who goes outside so rarely that he can mark the passage of the seasons by noticing when the sun stays up longer suddenly when he's out, like, oh, it's actually quite different. So, in a rare set of circumstances, the gods smiled upon Gray. They didn't completely solve his problem, but 
I was able to acquire not an office, but a parking spot. A parking spot that is a garage in the basement of my building. Mm-hmm. And originally I was thinking, oh, we'll get this thing as storage space for Christmas decorations and things. But I eventually realized it dawned on me. I was like, no, no, no. This can be a little gym in the basement of my building. No, wait, it can't just be a gym. It can be a tiny little office for me. And so what I have done in this like cinder block prison environment is I took a bunch of Christmas decoration boxes. I stacked them up in a corner. I grabbed an old laptop. I grabbed my old LG monitor. I put them on there. And it's like, now I have a standing desk. And the most important feature of this standing desk is that it is not in my actual apartment. So I can commute, in quotes, every morning with my mug of coffee into the basement parking spot garage. I can close the door. I can have privacy and I can like exercise down there. And then once I'm done exercising, I can stand up and go to work at this little standing desk that I've made. And I'm absolutely loving this. Like it's not a perfect solution. It's not an office outside of the house. It probably will be unworkable once summer rolls around and it's way too hot. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. I am extremely aware of Uh like, ooh, this might just be a six months of the year kind of solution. But for right now, it's just a great 80% solution. And it just feels like, oh, year of work. Everything is coming up gray. Windows? No. Right? There's no windows. No, there's no, no, there's no, there's there's a door. And then there's cinder blocks. There's no windows. Ventilation in general? What's the air like in there? Uh, it's not great, um, but what? <laughs> so the other two things that are in there is there is an air filter, which was extremely grumpy when I first turned it on. It's like that. the air quality down here is terrible, and it took a long time for that air filter to be like you can breathe in this. <laughs> it's like four weeks to okay. As is often the case with air filters and air quality monitors, you can like oh, what could possibly be wrong with this air? And then the filter tells you everything. Everything is wrong with this air. Like, you shouldn't be breathing this. And yes, you know, if, like, someone else parks in an adjacent spot, that air filter kicks in real fast. It's like, no, 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 this is no good. But it's fine. And also, I did take your suggestion from the previous episode, and we did get the new Roomba, which is very exciting. Oh, good. Yes. But our old Roomba, retired now, downstairs in the basement in this parking garage (laughs) and so like (laughs) i renamed him groomba for garage roomba naturally naturally and groomba is set to try and clear the garage every single day because you know like since cars park down there it's like impossible to keep clean and so groomba goes out I, I, I do just wonder, like, I don't think anyone in the building has, like, caught what's happening here. But, man, let me tell you, like, Groomba's running. It's real loud, like, in this in this environment. Just to confirm, because I think it's important for the picture painting in people's minds here, it's a private garage. You're not just, like, occupying a space in, like, a everyone-can-see-you kind of garage, right? Yeah, you know, it, it has a door yeah. that can close. I just, like, can you imagine, like, it's just an underground car park? <laughs> you <still> have a <laughs> computer down there, you do it, you're just, like, working out in the morning (laughs) hi bill (laughs) yeah yeah so 
I mean, what, one of the things is so I do kind of not want other people in the building to know what I'm up to down there. Uh, oh, I for would, sure. Right? Like, yes. I would I would much prefer that. Yeah. So, say, for example, Groomba running is, like, not exactly a real low-key move, but is required so that I can breathe. It's also alarming because I, I can see when Groomba is running, my air quality thing can send up a little alert, like oh, the air is terrible down here because he's kicking up all the dust, right, mm. for the team to take care of. But, okay, what I've been scheming about, I haven't figured out if there's a workable way to do this, but I'm like, can I figure out a way to, like, stick a camera on this door so I can just see what's on the other side? And then if someone else is parking their car, I can just be real quiet until they leave. That's, like, on my list of, of potential, mm. like, garage home improvements. I don't know if that's going to work out. I think probably not. But I've been, I've been scheming about it because I'm, I am dreading the day when some neighbor knocks on the door and is like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, uh, nothing, <laughs> right? Is that a computer behind you? No. Is that a Roomba running on the floor? No, definitely not. <laughs> like, <laughs> Who would do that? So yes, this is why I say it is not a perfect solution, but the timing was just perfect. Like yeah. we got access to this space in January. It dawned on me that it could be more than just a storage space. And I set it up and I've been using it and I love it. So that's how year of work is going for me so far. So I'm assuming that the secret garage office, Groffice, has been helping you with the work, right? Like, is, is the part that you're saying, right? Like, you feel like you're on top of work because of this additional space? Yeah, totally. Like, it's, it's always advantageous to change locations. I've always just been a huge fan of that. And... This also feels like a way to kind of start afresh. Mm -hmm. My upstairs office, from which I am talking to you right now, is lovely, but it still just has the problem that it is in the house. Yeah. And there's just always going to be distractions, right? There's deliveries or there's dogs or there's something going on. And this way, it's just easier to be downstairs. And it also gives the clear signal to my brain of, hey, we're going down here mm -hmm. and this is what we're here to do. And on a personal level, I'm finding it just a, a funny kind of throwback because this is also the way that I started the YouTube channel years ago was in this little apartment that we rented in the city. It was, it was too small to work in, but there was a boiler room in the basement that nobody used. Oh my God. I remember talking to you about this. Yes. It was like this boiler room and it was like a terrible environment, but it was a place where I had enough space to stand up, walk back and forth a few paces. No one was down there so I could talk out loud and like that is where I wrote the scripts. And I feel like I'm developing a theory that work environments that are slightly uncomfortable are actually very conducive to being serious about work. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by Setup. Of all the tools available to us now, looking for something new to improve the way we work can feel like drowning in an ocean of different apps and services. There are just so many on the market, and not all of them are worth your time and money. And what's more, so many of us are paying for apps and services that have never properly integrated into our workflows. So how do you know which apps are worth trying without emptying your wallet and subscriptions that you might forget to cancel in the future? 
The answer is Setapp. Setapp is a platform that combines more than 230 powerful Mac and iOS apps and tools under one $9.99 subscription. Their selection of apps is super helpful for people who use their Macs to work, covering complete use cases like coding, designing, project and time management, and more. Once subscribed, you get full access to all paid features of these apps, as well as new apps that are constantly being added to the platform. So you'll always be sure that you're not missing out on anything that can help you do your work more efficiently, all for just a fraction of the price. Setapp is a smart way to get apps for people who create value with the help of their Apple devices. It takes away the pain of looking up, comparing, and buying, and managing separate apps. And they partner with some of the world's best developers to handpick the most trustworthy and advanced paid apps for Setapp. I am a huge fan of Setapp. I subscribe myself, and I have a bunch of apps that I've downloaded that help me get my work done every day. In the past, I've spoken about CleanShot X, which is just one of my favorite Mac apps of all time. It is a fantastic, perfect, incredibly advanced, but also simple and really great screenshot application for your Mac. It's in Setapp. I also have been using an app called PopClip recently. This is an app that gives you, when you select text, a little popover like you get on iOS for cut and copy, but there's also tons of extensions. So you can do interesting things like translating text. So I have a thing where I can select text and press a button and it turns it into title case, which is really easy for when I'm putting in the titles for our podcast episodes. I also use an app called Drop Zone. It lives up in my menu bar and I can drag and drop files over it. It pops down a little menu and I have a bunch of shortcut places that I can put files into. So I have a folder where I put my receipts for taxes. I have the ability to drop a file and airdrop it and tons more, super helpful. And these are just some of the hundreds of apps available to you on Setapp. Setapp makes sure to remove outdated tools to keep the collection up to date with the best software around. If you've got a complex task to solve, you can delve into their app collections. And for peace of mind, every app is updated automatically with no annoying ads to distract you, and you can install and uninstall apps with a single click. Check out Setapp today by trying it out for seven days for free. Go to stpp.co slash cortex. That is stpp.co dot co slash cortex to try it out completely free for seven days setup powers you up our thanks to setup for their support of this show and relay fm so how's your theme going mike like how our themes are kind of similar to each other right year mm-hmm. of work year of weekend we're on the same page fully aligned this is the best I've done ever. Oh, good. <laughs> As, at the start of a year. I'm really happy to hear that. I feel right now that I am all in on Year of the Weekend. What I think is helping us both with this is some of the things we've had in the past, they just naturally would take a longer period of time to see benefit. Oh, that's a good point. What we're that's doing really right now, you can see it. Like I, mine is weekly. If I'm taking time every seven days to take time off, I'm mm-hmm. if I'm being successful at that and just tr- actually trying to do what I promised myself I would do, I'm seeing the benefits every single week. Mm-hmm. And so it's been really nice. You know, I've done a few things. Uh, I created the weekend entry and timery that you uh, suggested that I do. Oh, good. I'm not tracking like beginning of Saturday to end of Sunday, but it's purposeful things that I'm doing in that period. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, I went and spent some time with some friends last Thursday, but tracked it as weekend time because it matches in my mind mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. what the year of the weekend is. 
I've really been just keeping it front of mind, making sure I take the time if I'm working on the weekend, taking time off next week. Like for I'll be working this weekend, I'll be editing this show on either Saturday or Sunday. So I've already marked off next Thursday as a weekend day. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do anything on those days. Like they're just like rest days. I might play some video games, hang out at home. Like that's just going to be a nice relaxed day. In general, I feel like I've been doing a better job of spending time with friends, which is something I really wanted to do. I've been spending a bit more time at home, but the home stuff is still up in the air. We have been really kind of like held back on being able to do the home improvements that we're wanting to do because mm. we want to decorate, but we needed to do some work in the bathroom, which should be starting within the next few weeks. And then once that's done, everything else can start falling into place. So I'm excited about that because then we can start moving that part forward. Similarly to you, actually, I've been very happy with my progress with what I am doing in health this year. So I'm continuing to do everything I was doing before, but I'm picking up some new things. So I have a new hobby that I'm trying out, which is golf. Oh, wow. Yep. That is a (laughs) real Curb Your Enthusiasm style hobby. There's a good reason for this, though, about how it lines into my year of the weekend. So I have some friends that I grew up with, and we just so happened to have moved very close to each other like three mm. of us and we went out and had dinner together and we're trying to do this more often now they both play golf love golf and so i thought well this is a good thing for me to try as a way to give us more excuses to spend time together mm-hmm. and so i've been taking golf lessons and i am loving it wow you're, you're really heading pro well golf lessons well, you, I feel like this is a thing that I would not just want to go to a golf course and just start smacking balls around. Like, that's not going to end good for anybody. You're, like, learning the difference between the, like, the woods mm-hmm. and the irons, mm-hmm. coppers and putters and Ex- things. The coppers. The coppers are really important. Uh, but just, like, how to hold a golf club, like, mm-hmm. the, the posture. Like, it's very complicated. <laughs> it's a very complicated thing to do, even okay. I had mentioned I wanted to do this. Adina bought me a golf lesson for my birthday. And so I did that lesson and I've been doing some lessons now. And this is one of those things where, so like I'm on my way to my lesson and I'm thinking, I'll take next week off. I won't do a lesson next week. I'll do it in a couple of weeks time. Halfway through the lesson, I'm like, I'm coming back next week. (laughs) So like it's got that kind of like hold on me. It's just like an interesting activity because it's a thing that you sometimes can just hit a ball and it goes straight and it flies far and you're like i'm the best ever and then you hit something else and it just smacks <laughs> straight into a wall but like it it has that kind of excitement too it's fun like i'm enjoying it it's it's keeping me active too it's like another thing right it's like an additional thing that i'm doing which is working out different muscles um and sometimes like if you you know i'm doing these lessons at a driving range right so you're just like hitting the balls do it for mm. an hour it's like sometimes like wow that was that was a workout like you can feel it isn't it very asymmetrical though i feel like this is, is it can't possibly be symmetrical right because you 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 have like a favored hand in the way you're turning, oh i mean right? yeah i'm not using this as a way to build muscle but just okay. like a cardiovascular kind of thing right where okay, like, okay. there's just a lot of movement in the body and also if you actually go and play golf like i went with my friends they were playing and i just went with them to see what it was like and I did like 14,000 steps, Mm. right? So like it's the mixture of these two things of like, yeah, you're not like running. You're not like doing a lot of hard hitting stuff. But if, you know, just there is some muscle work in it, but then there's also just a lot of cardio work in it. So like Mm. it's an interesting activity. I'm not doing it for health benefits. 
Right. But it's just something that I'm aware of is like another kind of physical activity that I'm bringing into my life. But then the other change kind of like on the health perspective for me is I now walk for an hour every day, which is just like not a thing I was doing before. And it was like a choice that I made. Like my new commute, I can either change trains or walk for 25 minutes. Oh, that's a, that is a very good decision. And so I walk for tw- and I walk every day. And one of the great things now is we're in our previous place. As it got later into the evening, if I was working late, I would typically take taxis home because the commute was longer. It was more complicated. Mm-hmm. And I just found it frustrating. But now this commute is much simpler to do. It's actually a shorter distance on the trains, even though it takes around the same time because I'm doing this walk. So I never take taxis home now. No matter, Pretty much no matter how late I work. I was in the studio until 10 o'clock last night and I still took the train. So I'm getting like an extra 50 minutes of exercise, like walking, but like mm-hmm. enough exercise that my Apple Watch says, hey, are you working out? Like I get that every day now. And so like I feel like I've now got this additional base level of just general exercise that I didn't have before mm-hmm. on top of then the other things that I'll do in the gym using Fitbod, doing the golf stuff. Like these are just like additional things on top. So like I'm pretty happy with what I'm doing there, even in just like simple decisions that I'm making. So that's nice. And and presumably when you're doing the walk into work in the morning, you're not listening to anything, just silence so you can start no, thinking. You see, about I how do the, the exact opposite. <laughs> For me, listening to podcasts is important. And this gives me an easy way to make sure I'm keeping up with stuff and getting mm-hmm. taking in information. But something I'm pretty good at, which is just maybe different for how our brains are, like I could be listening to something and it will spark an idea and I'm very good at like stop listening and my brain will just go. Mm. Like I'm I'm completing my own thought here for a while and then that will sometimes spring into something where I'll then make a note or write something down or I have an idea for something. But yeah, I you know, I don't have that like free brain time or whatever. Mm. But for me, it's more important to take in information, I think, with this stuff that I'm doing, which is current information rather than having that empty space. Mm. I've still got a few things I need to work on. The balance in my calendar, what I was thinking of, like smarter scheduling. So making sure that I'm compacting days together rather than like one podcast on this day, one on the next day. I'm still working on that. That's going to be a slow moving process which i knew because it involves other people and trying to like clump that stuff together yeah but yeah outside of that i'm very happy with the progress that i've made so far on the year of the weekend oh good well i'm very happy for both of us we're pros <laughs> now man yeah i actually think it's it's what it's exactly what you said that these are we both happen to have picked themes in which it is just much easier much sooner to see progress so Perhaps these are also good beginner themes for people if they're trying to think of something. I think they are. And and I, I also, like, these are working for us this time. I don't necessarily think that this is how I would always want to have my theme to be so measurable like this. Mm. Because sometimes it does need to be something that is way bigger in scope. But, like, look at you last year, right? The year is, like, new decade, right? Like, yeah. sometimes you need that, even though it's complicated to measure it week to week, season to season. It takes an entire year of reflection sometimes to see if you've actually made the progress that you want. But sometimes there are these kinds of themes where it is easier to measure it on a week-by-week basis. And that's just where we both happen to be right now. 
Yeah, that was that was totally what I just needed this year. Like, I need to be clocking hours. Go. <laughs> this episode of Cortex is brought to you by Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, products, services, even the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. It is incredibly easy to get started with a Squarespace website of your own. You can just choose from one of their best-in-class, beautiful templates that are so easy to customize to fit your needs, your style, and the type of site that you want to make. It is as easy as browsing the category of business or website that you want to create to find that perfect starting place. Everything is customizable in just a few clicks. If you want to set up a blog, they have really powerful blogging tools for you to share your photos, videos, your updates, and more. You can categorize them, share them, and even schedule your posts to make your content work for you. And then you can find out exactly how it works for you using their insights tool. So if you ever wondered, hey, where are my site visitors coming from? Or if you've got a store set up, which is so easy, by the way, to integrate into your Squarespace site, they have everything. If you want to know where those sales are coming from, which channels are most effective for you, everything is analyzed in Squarespace. You don't have to install anything separately. It's right there, which is what Squarespace is all about, giving you all of the tools to empower you to create something online for yourself. So when you get all that data in their insights platform, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. I've been using Squarespace for 15 years. When I want to put something online, it's where I go because I rarely think about wanting to build the nuts and bolts of a website. Like it's not what I want. I just want to be able to do the thing that I want the website for, whether it's for an event, whether it's a personal page of mine, whether it's getting a business set up, a podcast set up, all that kind of stuff. Whenever I've wanted to do these things the first time, Squarespace is where I go because they make it so easy for me to just get going. I am excited about the ideas and I want to put them online and they let me do it in a beautiful professional way. And you can do this for yourself too. Go to squarespace.com slash cortex. You can sign up for a free trial, no credit card required. And then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code cortex. You will save 10% of your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash cortex. And then when you sign up, use the offer code cortex and you will get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Shall we do some Ask Cortex, Mike? Yes, we should. I would like to remind Cortexans that they can send in feedback now over at cortexfeedback.com, which is our new fancy feedback form, and people can send in their questions there, as many of the people did that we're going to talk about today. Tavis asks, what does Gray do on the back end of Cortex brand? You guys talk a lot about all the incredible work that Mike does behind the scenes. I'm interested to hear how much input Gray has in the process. This is a very good question, and I think is actually something worth highlighting. Maybe you would want to hear it, like what I think about this. I don't know. Like, quite quite legitimately, I'm not sure how you're going to answer this question. So I also would like to know, what does Gray do on the back end of Cortex Brand? So the back end part is interesting because you could say on the front end part, obviously Gray has a huge impact. You know, you've made videos about the journal, which is huge for the business because it's putting the products out to a, a wide scope of people. Similarly with the video, right? I made the video, but you 100% helped me shape it, especially at the end, right? Like, So the output side of it, I think people can see. But the back end side of it, we only ever talk about me, mm-hmm. right? We talk about me designing, me managing the process, but there's still a bunch of other stuff. So one thing is, 
Gray is an absolute sounding board for me <laughs> with my thoughts, right? So uh, we have a meeting every month, at least once a month, where we get together and talk about everything that we're thinking about, all of the ideas that we have, and we kind of talk through everything. And we are equals in these conversations. And very frequently, you'll push me, I'll push you. So there's a lot of back and forth in that. And while we talk about me as the product designer, I need you and your input to shape the products. So like, for example, we mentioned this, right? Psychic Notepad was going to be very different. Like it was just going to be a dot grid. Mm -hmm. And I don't think the product would have worked so succinctly as the first iteration of this without you pushing on me to keep working on it until we came up with the adding of the to-do list section. So I think that's really important for me in my design. The other thing is, this was just my idea. Our next product is your idea. <laughs> so that's where it's going to change a little bit, I think. Mm -hmm. I will be helping with the manufacturers, but when it comes to the actual conception and design of the product, it's your product. So I think that will change things. Whenever we talk about this next one, it's all on you, right? To tell people why they need it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's totally fair. We talk about what you do because you're the chief product designer. Yep. And like that is just the more interesting part of the business to talk about. One other thing that you have been incredibly helpful on and has been a massive help for this business is all of the business infrastructure. Yeah. We are able to and take advantage of some of the things you've set up with Grey Industries, which takes an incredible amount of pressure off both of us in how we run the business. Yeah, I guess I, that is also fair, yes. There's like a lot of the foundational infrastructure of the company was basically copy-pasted from Grey Industries stuff. Uh, but that's all, that's also just like not very interesting to talk about. No, but it's incredibly helpful and important, right? That like, because we're able to just use all of that infrastructure that you already use to help make our business run too. That is true. And I do like infrastructure. Mm -hmm. Mike knows that I'm secretly pushing for more infrastructure right now. And he's pushing back on that. He loves infrastructure. <laughs> Let me tell you, everyone. I pitched Mike a big infrastructure project and he was very, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> very <laughs> upset. <laughs> it's, the, it's, it's what's really going on. We'll see. Colton wants to know, are either of you still using a Wacom tablet as a, another pointing device? If so, which one would you recommend? Uh, for me, this is a fast answer. No, I, I oh. basically stopped doing this after I transitioned to working with an animator. Uh, the, for me, the Wacom tablet oh, okay. was entirely about animation. Right. And I, I essentially don't do that anymore, except for like very minor tweaks here and there. So, yeah, I've, uh, I've retired my Wacom tablet. I've hung it up. And, that, and that's it. No more for me. Oh, cool. Well, that's good. I still do. Um, for me, it's similar to you in a way of like, I use it just for audio editing. Mm -hmm. So I have two desks, right, in my studio. I have the one where I do my recording and then I have the one where I just do regular work. Mm. On the regular desk, I have a mouse and a Magic Trackpad. So I'm using the Logitech MX Master 3S. Yeah, great mouse. This is the one with the silent clicking. Oh, it's this, it's. I, I'm sorry. This is a different model. Then I three, didn't know it had the silent. Three S. Oh, the S, S is for S silent. For silent. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna get so great. I'm gonna put my mouse up to the microphone now and click it three times. All right. Okay. 
Did you hear that? Barely. Yeah, but I, it's I know incredible. that sound. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Huh. This is a very good mouse. The clicking is silent. It's wonderful. Uh, you open up an Amazon. Or it's worth you. it. It's great. <laughs> it's it's the MX Master Three with a silent click. Like that's yeah, what it yeah. is. And for for when I'm recording, perfect. Uh, and the trackpad I use, you know, for panning around and gestures and stuff like that. So I have that on my second desk. Like that's what I have on there. And then on my recording desk, I have a trackpad a mouse, and the Wacom Intuos Pro Wacom tablet. Mm. And I use it just for editing. So when I'm in Logic, that's how I do all of my editing. It's very comfortable for me. Now it's how I'm used to doing things too, right? So for example, if I ever needed to edit somewhere else, having a Wacom tablet is super important for me. Mm. Not that I really do anymore, but I did have to do some editing last year at home. And I luckily had my old Wacom there so I could just break that one out because like, I'm just so slow doing it otherwise. Mm. But yeah, that's the one I recommend. Yeah, I think I sort of forgot that one of the other reasons I gave of the, using a secondary pointing device was I did use to use it for the audio editing, but I just made a, a real effort to... I'm going to become super fast with keyboard shortcuts for the audio editing and kind of change my workflow. So that was the other reason I could I could mm-hmm. give that up as I did use the pen. Like I completely forgot how much I used to use the pen for that. But um, it's hard to beat keyboard shortcuts. And so I just I just transitioned to that while I was offloading animation work. And it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I don't actually need this tool anymore for myself. Unknown Misk asks, do you like and or use the swipe typing feature on iOS? I, I want to love it. I really do, but I feel like it still misses too much to be annoying and like one miss in a sentence really can throw off the whole reason to use it in the first place. Hmm. I want to use it. I do try to use it sometimes and I almost always like it just doesn't stick. It's not actually a huge win and... I've also, I'll just like, since this is typing on a keyboard stuff, I don't know if I turn this feature off. What is it called? It's Is it the keyboard clicks? Oh, like the haptic thing? Yeah. So I think I had turned this off on my phone where like the keyboard makes a little <laughs> haptic mm-hmm. sensation when you type the keys. I recently rediscovered this because I used someone's phone. I was like, what is this? And then I realized like, oh, I can turn this feature on. I really like the keyboard with the haptics on. And I think it makes it, I don't know if it's just psychological, but it feels like it's more accurate and it's and like I'm I'm better able to type with like a tiny bit of physical feedback from the keyboard. So that has also not helped me with the swiping. It's like, no, no, I want to feel the little satisfying clicks while I'm typing to someone. Do you use it? The swipe typing I use basically exclusively on mm-hmm. my iPhone. I use it all the time. I love it. Yes, it causes errors, but I was making errors anyway before. Yeah. Me and me and autocorrective never really been good friends, but I rely on it constantly anyway. Mm. But it makes lots of errors for me. I have like a weird thing. I don't know where this comes from with the haptics. As I say this out loud, I know how weird this sounds. I wished I had an answer for this. It makes me feel nauseous. That's weird. I know. That's very weird. Right? I don't know why. I tried it for a while and it made me feel really uncomfortable. Yeah, don't and, do that then. And now I can't use it. <laughs> My, this is one of those things where I feel like maybe when I first tried it, I was maybe unwell. And mm. now it's like locked in my brain. Right, right. And now I can't get it out. Like I just thought about turning it on and it made me not feel good. So yeah. like that feature is you gone for me for it. completely un, like irrational, unknowable reason. <laughs> Brains, man. RIP haptics. I know. Brains right? are weird. 
But I use the swipe typing anyway, so I don't need the haptics. Yeah. And also, I forgot, I do use it in one scenario, which is on my iPad with the pencil. I do love it for mm. that. And I and I, I feel like I actually kind of forgot that that is the place that I use it all the time. Yeah. That, to me, is really good. And I think the pencil makes it just precise enough that it gets over it. But yeah, on my phone, I never use it. So to, actually, to kind of like wrap these two questions in together, you, you still use the Apple Pencil all the time on your iPad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, right. th- that's the primary interface for the iPad, easily. And so I always float the keyboard as the little mini iPhone-sized keyboard mm-hmm. whenever I'm using my iPad, and then I use the pencil to swipe type on that. And I find that that's pretty fast. So for me, considering that my only iPad that I use now is an iPad mini, I don't mm-hmm. use the Apple Pencil anymore. Yeah, I can see that on the mini. It's it's small enough. It's, it's as big as it. It just feels ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't, it doesn't work the same for me. Like it does work, but it's just not. Yeah, it's just not what I want to do. It, it's also like, oh yes, you're, you're down to a mini, and my iPad is eighty percent a magic machine, mm-hmm. and it it does feel a little bit like, oh, how far the iPad has fallen. Yeah, <laughs> that's the way things go. I mean, yes, but it's not like it's a bad story, really. Like, for me, the iPad has fallen because the Mac is so good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The iPad never changed. I mean, that's actually part of the problem. But, like, it wasn't really anything the iPad did for me. Mm -hmm. It was just, like, the Mac just became unavoidable because of how great it was becoming, including the MacBook Air, which actually, when you came over, you saw the M2 MacBook Air for the first time, right? Yeah, yeah. I was super impressed with it. I I really loved it. Yeah perfect machine you're always making these assessments but i am i am very aware of like oh ipad you haven't you haven't changed third time was not the charm for multitasking and it, like it, in the meantime apple's just gone all in on on the laptops and like honestly i'm happy about the way it's gone like i think the mac being good even if it's not the most popular system, like it's the most important system that it's really good, aside obviously from the iPhone. Like it matters that Macs are are healthy and good. Mm-hmm. And so I've I've been I've been very happy to see how well those things have gone. But yeah. It does mean I like iPad. You're you're for loading up Magic the Gathering. That's what you're for. Yep. For me it's video, reading, news, maybe a little social media, check in the occasional email. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I use my iPad now how people just use their iPads. Like, yeah. that's what iPads are actually made for, really. Yeah. And that's what I use it for. Yeah, because my second biggest use is RSS reading. And yeah. it's like, yes, ah, that was the original demo back in the day. Like, you're going to read the news. And it's like, ah, yes, now I'm reading some articles through RSS on my iPad. This episode of Cortex is brought to you by our friends at Fitbod. Getting fitter is one of those things that often has huge knock-on effects in other areas of your life that you might not expect, like having more energy and sleeping better. But it can be hard to know where to start. That's why I'm pleased to let you know FitBod is an easy and affordable way to build a fitness plan that's just for you. Look, if you've been listening to this episode, you know how important FitBod is to me and Gray. We've mentioned it already. You've heard us say it. We've heard us say it loads of times. We love this application. It's so important for us on our fitness journeys because they have an algorithm in FitBod which learns about you, your goals, and your training ability to create a custom dynamic program based on your experience and any equipment that you have, all in an app with wonderful HD video tutorials to make it incredibly easy for how to learn every exercise. When you're on your own fitness journey, it is your own. It's a personal thing. You don't want to look to others and try and do what they do. You need something that works for you because that's when it sticks. That's when you get the results that you're looking for. 
So FitPod uses their powerful technology to understand your strength training ability by studying your past workouts and adapting to your equipment. Then you'll have a training plan to maximize fitness gains by intelligently varying intensity and volume between sessions. FitBod's app will track muscle fatigue and recovery to design a well-balanced workout routine that is just for you. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive, but FitBod is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year. But you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbod.me slash cortex. FitBod integrates with your Apple Watch, your Wear OS smartwatch, and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health to continue making it part of your overall fitness plan. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbod.me slash cortex and you will get 25% off your membership. That is fitbod.me slash cortex for 25% off. And thanks to FitBod for their support of this show and Relay FM. Tim asks... In one of the early episodes of Cortex, Gray said that certain songs get stuck in his head and he listens to them on a massive repeat loop. On that episode, it was Rachel Platten's fight song. Man, every time I hear that song, that was stuck (laughs) in his head. My question is, does Gray still do this? And if so, what song is currently on loop? Wow, fight song. That was like a hundred songs on loops ago. It does still make it back into the rotation. Fight song is surprisingly good. (laughs) I mean, yeah, like, I don't think I could not do this. This is just a foundational part of the way I work is listening to something on repeat, which I also just realized now is a song that can be heard on repeat playing behind the door of a parking spot in the basement of of my building. So I went through this thing recently where Mm -hmm. for the video of the Psychic Notepad, I went back and listened to some of the saga of you in your office. Mm-hmm. Many and many episodes ago, where you had an office and you were upset at somebody in your, who was in the office next to you because they were there when you were there, and they would write things on the whiteboard, mm-hmm. and I wanted to hear you say what they were so I could write them down on the psychic notepad for one of the shots, so it just had. Oh the right, yeah, yes, yes. Uh-huh. There's a lot of Easter eggs in that video, by the way. Uh, That's one of them. <laughs> and in one of those episodes was the moment where I came to the realization that when you were complaining about him, you were recording the audio for the Rules for Rulers video. Mm-hmm. So he was listening to you talking about like stamping down the infrastructure of society or whatever, yeah, right? yeah, like yeah. out loud. And this is reminding me of that, which is <laughs> it's like, oh, you know, I'm just trying to keep myself to myself. But yet, nevertheless, there's a Roomba going on in there, an air purifier, <laughs> and some song on repeat for five hours a day. Yeah, so... I mean, I know I like the the current one. I have kind of a playlist that I'm rotating through, but I do. I, I have this thing which is like songs match videos, and oftentimes that match doesn't make any sense to an external person. It doesn't make any sense to me, but it's just like, oh, Britney Spears, I want to go. Just like matches this video that I'm working on. Like, great, let's do that. But the thing that I'm currently working on is uh, like an America topic, and I do find that. America topics. I want songs that have kind of like an America sound, and I, I don't always know even know what that means. But Bruce Springsteen, that's <laughs> what that means. Yeah, I, I know that. Like, I know that's what people would think, but it's not quite right. So when I said earlier in the show, like, oh, I was I was walking and talking for three hours in a row. Mm-hmm. I happen to know that was that was yesterday, and I had "Bury My Bones" by Whiskey Myers on repeat the entire time for three hours, and. I will again remind people, like, that sounds like water torture, 
But there is a way in which, like, I just, I can't describe it. I'm not processing the song in the way that you normally listen to it. It's something about, like, the fact that it is on loop keeps me on loop. And I'm just, like, working, 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 working. So I have a normal playlist of, like, intensely repeat songs that I go back to a bunch. I've always said uh, it's, like, Pareto number two in violin D minor is the reigning champ of that list. But for America stuff, I have a list. And I'm actually going to look for suggestions for the listener. So my America working playlist, and, and sometimes driving an America playlist, is called... Crazy country songs. And it's songs that are in the country genre, but they're... You can find country songs that are like kind of jokes on country songs. But the key thing here to me is they can't be making fun of country songs. They have to also be genuine country songs. So on my list here, as an example, from the Far Cry soundtrack, there's a song called Keep Your Rifle By Your Side. It is like... A crazy cult singing about why they need to keep their guns by their side. It is a very America sound. It's like it's on my crazy country list. I've got Rednecker by Hardy, which is a song about like who's more of the redneck. There's a song called Beer Never Broke My Heart by Luke Combs, which is great. <laughs> What's going on? No, it's good. I've got Mama's Broken Heart by Miranda Lambert, and she's very good. There's Buy Me a Boat by Chris Jansen, which is a song about like wanting some money to buy a boat. Yeah, so anyway, this is like Talking the Repair Song Blues by Alan Jackson, which is a song about getting your car fixed while you're trying to write a country song. Anyway, there's just like these songs that that are genuinely country songs, but they're there's like something funny about them or they're like they're intrinsically yeah, they're, silly. They're not parodies. That's not what you're looking for. You yeah, don't like want this this parodies. is the key thing. I yeah. actually really hate country parodies because I feel like they're making fun of something that's real. These songs all come from the different angle. Like a lot of them are like they're country singers and they're just doing something kind of fun and ridiculous with the genre. But it's it's not a parody of the actual genre. So the, but my problem is, like, I've read you basically the the majority of the really good ones on this list that I think serve as an example, and I want more. I have a recommendation for you. Okay. When we were in Memphis, I heard this song on the radio, and it was perfect in for me in this idea. It's called Chicken Fried. It's by a band called Chicken The Foundation. Fried. Okay. And it is a, a country song about a guy... Who j- says that the, this is the 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 opening lines are? You know I like my chicken fried, a cold beer on a Friday night, a pair of jeans that fit just right. Zach Brown. Zach Brown Band. Yes. Okay. Right. Zach Brown Band. I'll try it. Like there was just something about this song which to me was just like so. I just really enjoyed the simplicity of it, where it was just mm-hmm. like I like my things to be just right. Yeah. And it, there was just something about that where I was like. I respect you, <laughs> you know? Like, it was like a fun little song. Didn't really have much consequence, it sounded like, from what I could hear on the radio. Like, I don't know if this is exactly what you're looking for, but this was what that reminded me of. Yeah, it, it's this is why I'm so picky with this. It's why I have such a small list, but that could work. As like Miranda Lambert has a lot of songs that are like that. They're just like fun country songs, and they're, they're sort of like simple and straightforward. But yeah, it's like a song called Beer Never Broke My Heart is exactly what it sounds mm-hmm. like, you know? Football teams break your heart, girls break your heart, but you know what never breaks your heart? Beer. Yep, great. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> hey, everyone. Show's over. You can all go home now. 
But if you're looking for more Cortex, there's more text. The after show discussion where Mike and I talk meta issues or little things that it just didn't make sense to put in the show itself. For example, this week we talk about AI and the very fact that it's changing so fast we can't put it in the main show at all. Which really proved itself because between recording and releasing, GPT-4 came out, changing everything all over again. So, if you'd like to support the show and get ad-free, extra-long episodes, which include the More Text discussions, go to getmortex.com. Getmortex.com.